Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 1 of the I Can't Explain podcast. This podcast today is going to focus on the growing sport of futsal and will be split into two parts. The first part I'll be speaking to Simon Wright. Uh, Simon has been involved with futsal for a number of years now. And the second part of the podcast I'll be speaking to Leanne Scarrett. Uh, Leanne is a current futsal player. I hope you enjoy. Hi Si, how are you doing? Good to meet you again. Good to see you, Al. Uh, great to be here, mate. Thanks for the invite for coming on the podcast. Yeah, much uh, appreciated, Al. Thanks for coming on. Much appreciated. So just, just to start off with, Si, can you, can you just give us a little bit of background information about yourself and, and how you became involved with, with futsal? Yeah, for sure. Um, so background really has always been involved in football from a young age. Um, I was part of the earliest kind of centre of excellence programmes back at Norwich City and have played a, a decent level of football there and county football. Um, didn't realise I wasn't going to make it a professional, um, so I got my head down and, and done my studies. Managed to get myself off to university here in Manchester, so I arrived here in, in 98. Uh, played a little bit of football through university, but didn't really get to the level which I was at of a younger age. And I think that was more down to looking at different opportunities of what I was going to do with my, my future career, really. Um, finished university. Um, Again, tried to investigate opportunities to go and play 11-a-side football. Um, played a little bit for Moss sides on a Sunday. Um, but it wasn't really kind of hitting uh, the areas of the game that I wanted to you know, pursue further. So um, I started to look for other things to do, really, Al. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, at that time, uh, I'd say I was playing football uh, with a, a guy called Ilya Ovechkin, one of my mates. And uh, Ilya's Russian. He came over here uh, to play football at a, a, a good level as well. Um, but when he was a young lad, he was growing up playing futsal. Um, so we started a conversation around, uh, you know, what futsal was, uh, where it originated, why he was playing it. Uh, and that just led us to kind of, you know, explore more about what the game was. Um, mm-hmm. Doing a bit of research and then uh, ultimately we came across that Manchester FA were going to run a, a local futsal league, kind of pilot league, mm-hmm. uh, up over at Salford Sports Village. Um, and that was really our first opportunity to go, right, OK, well, let's give this a go, really, Al. Um, OK, cool. So it started very much as a, as a social thing. Um, you know, finishing uni, getting some new mates, just wanted to try something different. Um, and I think as soon as I played the format um, as, a, as a goalkeeper myself, it's a different sport uh, for a goalkeeper. Um, and I kind of fell in love with it. And it mm. was just, it's more the intrigue, right, OK, what's this game? What, what can it offer us? Um, sure. That started the journey, really, Al. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah, there's a lot more that's yeah. happened since there over the last 13, 14 years. But that the initial interest was spiked around, this is a different game. Sure, uh, yeah, what what yeah. was it all about? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the early beginnings, really. So, so when you first came into futsal, si, what, what sort of like, was, was, there, was there any leagues back then? Or what was the, what was the kind of the, the provision? And, and how has it changed sort of up, up into the present day? Yeah, the, the very limited provision, Al. It was... Uh, it was a basic adult futsal league. Uh, we were playing outdoors in Salford on a, on a 3G pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it'd be raining, sometimes it'd be, st- you know, it was as far removed from what futsal is in its current day, um, but it was a starting point. True, um, yeah, yeah. And from there, you've had, a, I think, you know, in the last 10 years, a complete revolution in terms of how the sport has moved forward. Um, you know, we established a club on the back of that league um, and really started to get serious about how we could compete uh, at a more higher level. Um, it came as the opportunity when the FA introduced their first national league, uh, a regional North League, which we started competing in. Um, and now we've obviously moved through a period whereby, you know, the FA have taken a more serious approach to kind of their strategy about developing futsal um, mm-hmm. to the point where we're now looking at, you know, uh, we're on the cusp of the launch of a new national futsal series, um, which will be the, the, the top level uh, of English futsal. Fantastic. Now, this is still a, a, an amateur background to the sport, obviously, here in, in England, um, but I think it's galvanising more support uh, every year, every season, that people are kind of getting more serious about it. Okay. Uh, and that, that's why it's exciting now, really, because yeah. everyone's looking at the approaches that we can take to take the sport for more more than anything okay great great stuff si so ju- just for sort of listeners who are kind of like a little bit inexperienced or never really seen futsal before can you just give us a little bit of an overview on the structure and, and how the times work and can is it roll on roll off subs where the players per side etc etc sure sure um, typically in a futsal squad you have up to 12 players um international level you can go up to, to 14 players um uh, it's a five-a-side format, so five against five, including your goalkeeper, uh, rolling subs. 
Uh, it's played on an indoor court, typically an indoor court, um, and that will be a marked out court. Um, you will have playing with handball size goals, uh, so different to your, your traditional five-a-side goals that people will be used to here in England. Um, you have a foul count, so accumulated team fouls. Um, you mentioned about the, the role in substitutes, that's a big part of it as well. Um, and, and essentially, yeah, it, it's it's a fast, dynamic, small-sided game, uh, and it's very different from five-a-side, six-a-side, which, you know, say, has been kind of the, the main culture that we've had in England over the, the last kind of 10 or 15 years. Um, and it's, it's, as I say, an exciting sport, which I think challenges you as a player uh, because uh, it's very dynamic. You don't have set positions um, and, and players can, can learn, uh, yeah, very uh, a varied amount of aspects of the game. Uh, you're not a left back, for example. You know, you can you sure. find a, a dynamic range of positions you can play in the game. Um, and I think that's what engages the players first and foremost when they come into it. It's like, you know, it's, it's got so many different challenges, both mentally, physically. Um, and I think that helps to encapsulate it as a, as a very, uh, yeah, at times complex, at times tactical, um, at times physical demanding. Uh, and it brings those aspects out, really. Um, and as I say, that, that's very different to the 11 aside game that we have here. And, um, and I think that's why futsal is kind of now starting to show more popularity in the younger generations, particularly in England. Uh, but obviously where uh, futsal has been more embedded in the culture, uh, South America, Spain, you know, these countries have you know, now developed generations of futsal players that are playing at a professional level. So, um, yeah, the, the, the sport, very dynamic, very popular, very grow, you know, growing uh, in, in uh, yeah, interest, uh, mm-hmm. both in England and around the world. Great, great stuff, Sai. So we were speaking uh, just just a little bit before about you know like the current some of the current or past players in the Premier League who who were sort of grounded in futsal as it were. Can you can you just sort of give us any examples of of players who who started off as young lads like getting involved with that and and like what what they went on to become? Yeah, but t- take a European context to begin with. So if we, let's go for the Champions League, and I think an iconic goal which a lot of people can reference. Uh, will be, uh, the, the, I think it's the game between Chelsea and uh, Barcelona. Um, and Ronaldinho came up with that cheeky sort of like little yeah. toe punt that yeah. absolutely <laughs> flummoxed uh, Peter Cech. Yeah. And everyone was like, what technique is he using there? Uh, yeah. Ronaldinho is probably, you know, the iconic player where you could say, look, this guy was uh, born into futsal, embraced it and, and used all of the elements of his game uh, that he, he'd learned through futsal it onto an 11 aside pitch and we all saw the way that he entertained the techniques that he used yeah, yeah. that's definitely an iconic one um modern day uh i think if you look at somebody like lucas mora um if we go back to the uh, uh the tottenham uh, ajax uh you know champions league semi-final game you know in that game where he scored that hat trick away uh in the post-match interviews talking about his upbringing in futsal and um, certainly the techniques that he learned in futsal enabling him you know, to get that wonderful goal off where he turned quickly and was able to get, get his shot away. Um, you know, directly referenced that in his, his post-match interview to say if he hadn't have played futsal, that technique wouldn't have been possible. So another uh, great example, certainly in England, and a player that's come through the futsal system, played National League futsal, uh, gone on to represent uh, England in futsal as well, uh, is a young player called Max Kilman, uh, was picked up uh, from non-league football, played for a club called Genesis in a National League in Helvetia, um, and then, yeah, uh, managed to get a trial with, with Wolves, playing for their under-23s, and last season made his, uh, his debut in the Premier League. So, great example there of a journey of someone that... Uh, may not have reached his level at football, had gone into futsal because he loved the game and felt that it sharpened his technique and overall game. International player, but now getting the opportunity in the Premier League. So, yeah, some great examples there across the football world of where futsal has played a part. So what sort of the what are the age range opportunities Sai, for for people who want to get in, involved in futsal like what what kind of would you would you recommend there you know is it is it under 11s does it go younger than that what what sort of age do, do you start sort of coaching the, or what what is is there a is there a, um, a sort of a, a, a sort of a, a key age to get involved I think it, because it's a small-sided game, it's a great game for the younger players. Uh, but also, you know, look, at any point in a player's football development, I think they can pick up futsal, they would enjoy it because uh, it's a, a different challenge. Um, at Manchester, uh, we have our youth programme. We start from players around about seven years old. Uh, we go all the way through to an under-16 programme on the boys' side. Um, we then have a development team, which is up to under-19s. 
mentioned the 16 to 19 uh, and even a little bit lower than that, maybe 14 to 16 players that may drop out of football. Uh, that's also always quoted as a, a key drop off age where maybe the opportunities to go to a high level or coming out of academy football, Futsal's been able to kind of pick up some of those players that might want to come into futsal. Uh, we've definitely done that at Manchester. Um, the younger age groups, I think, you know, it's quite clear in the FA's approach around foundation phase that futsal is seen as an indoor game of choice. It should be the preferred format uh, for, for young players that want to play small-sided. Uh, and I think, yeah, that, that's helping to, again, develop technical but also tactically intelligent players, uh, improving their decision-making. So the younger ages where, you know, uh, young children are forming their physical literacy, uh, their decision-making skills, Obviously, uh, futsal where there's a, a lot of demands on decision making, lots of touches on the ball, uh, all these things can be absorbed into the player development really. Um, so yeah, we found a number of age groups that you can have an access point to it. But I think if we're going to develop a generation of futsal players, if they can grow up at the younger ages, uh, you know, I think that's going to bode well both for futsal, but as we touched on before, uh, for football development as well. So what would you say, Sam? You know, we we spoke briefly before about sometimes like the direct challenges of like football in it, in its entirety, nine v nine, eleven v eleven, and then like the 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 game of futsal. Is is it fair to say really that both sort of formats should be sort of working together in this, or is it is it is it sort of an objective to go standalone, or uh, what what do you what are your thoughts on that? I, I think there's many different views on this, uh, and I, th- I think it all comes down to sort of like the culture that you're in. Um, in England, the traditional football culture, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the nation. You know, it's the national game. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we're passionate about eleven aside football, and it's our bread and butter. But I think now the generation, the younger generations, certainly have a lot more choice in the way that they can mm-hmm. consume football, yeah. how they can play it, how they understand it, uh, what they're looking to get out of football. Um, and I think now there's so many choices around, uh, yeah, what they can what they can participate in. So, if a player doesn't want to go into eleven aside football, maybe that's fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe if yeah. they like playing small sided. They like being a bit more technical, skillful player. Like to show a bit more in terms of their their tricks and what they. Okay, you know that that's fine. They're they're playing the game. Um, that's the way we see it. You know, we're not trying to compete with football. We we can't do that. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a powerhouse sure, here, yeah, uh, yeah. And particularly in Manchester. Look, mm-hmm. you know, we we can't compete. Mm-hmm. We're just offering something different. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think it can be part of uh, the wider football family. Um, but you know, you'll go to other uh, other countries, and they'll be very passionate and purist about what futsal should be. Um, I think in England we have to be uh, take a slightly different approach in that okay let's let's work with football because we've got to educate people the sport's only been here sort of 10 to 15 years we're still enough you know just past that first generation so we've got people playing we've got people paying attention okay what is futsal what can it do what does it offer you know more kids are understanding it more coaches are understanding it so it's all education so we've got to work with football because uh, we need to learn from football plus you know, we've got great structures for football. I know mm. grassroots and everything's got its challenges at the moment and the pro game yeah. and, the, and the level there and, you know, disparities yeah. and stuff. But so, you know, there's more space for more offers there for young people to come into the game. And I think that's why futsal is becoming popular. Kids play it. They actually enjoy it. They stay with it. OK, if they want to go and play football, they can. Yeah, if yeah. they come back to futsal, they can. Yeah, you sure know, and that's, so. that's the approach we've taken at Manchester is like we've got a lot of young boys and girls now with the Wildcats programme that playing a good level of football sure, because yeah. you know the academy offers are there the private academies are there mm-hmm. you know um but it might not work out and we know that how we know the percentages yeah, yeah. of players that are going to make it but yeah. it doesn't mean that their football career has to come to an yeah, end if, yeah. if futsal can pick up and offer a different pathway as people like to say then that's yeah. great for yeah, kids yeah. that's great for young adults that want to stay playing um, yeah. and that's always been a big part of what we've been doing at manchester futsal club is sure. providing an opportunity it's like one one thing that I've always noticed, like certainly coming through. I mean, it's a lot long time since sort of I played, but you know, I was I was one of these sort of youngsters in the eleven aside, you know, under <laughs> under tens, under elevens. Yeah. You, you you get a touch on the ball, time, you're lucky if you get a touch for ten minutes. So yeah. so I'm thinking about the futsal thing, and what and one thing that the FA have been pushing over this last sort of ten fifteen years is to try and get players as as much touches as possible. So so my next question, how would be what would be the key differences in skills demands between futsal and football? Sure. 
I, th- I think there's a whole different range of techniques out uh, in terms of the way that you you, you know you deal the, with the ball, uh, how you manipulate the ball because it is a different ball. That was one of the differences that I uh, should have picked up. That you know it's a size four ball typically. Uh, mm-hmm. It's heavier. Uh, you know you can't ping it around yeah. as you do in football and make these long passes. It's a short, intricate. Uh, fast-paced game uh, so the techniques t- to work with the ball are very different uh, and specific to futsal um, but also I-, I think you know uh, you know the range of passes uh, being able to receive the ball under pressure the decision making uh, again the rotation of positions um, I think in modern day football we're starting to see that those types of movements that we see within futsal which which is great the influence is starting to come through in football but I would say that a futsal player is programmed very differently because mm-hmm. the quick decision making uh, has to be there. You know, you, you, you do need intelligent players. You do need guys that can pick up a lot of information and make decisions in very quick time, split seconds. Uh, so I think those margins in comparison to the 11 aside are much smaller in the sense of the demand you're putting on that player in a smaller space uh, over a quicker amount of time as the ball's moving very fast. How can they use their technique to, to, you know, to go into an attacking phase? How how can they transition back to a defending phase? So, it's all encompassing now, and I yeah, think yeah. that again is the hook for players that mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, uh, sure, yeah. But also, as I say, that that's a great thing to be exposing young players to, because hopefully, if they're getting that uh, experience, if they go into football, they take some of that with them, and yeah, it will help yeah. them on the bigger field. It will help yeah, them on that, yeah. and I think. You know that that's where I think there are things you know that can cross over. Learnings to be taken from coaches seeing futsal and where it crosses over, but also other indoor sports like basketball, like netball. You know the quick decision making on the court. These uh, you know tactical plays or rulings around uh, that are coming into futsal now, making it more dynamic, more fast paced. You know there's different crossovers and coaching philosophies there and. Yeah. Futsal, I think there's a there's a good fit. It's not perfect, but mm-hmm. there's a good fit for some of the elements of, that are coming out in modern day professional football. Do, do you think academies, so like pro pro academies, or not, I don't want to name any names because obviously I've not, I've not been in their sort of, no. I've not been in their environments, and I, I don't know whether they do this, but you know you might you might know more than me, say, and, and that is, do they encourage futsal within their younger, you know. I, we, we, we've had this argument before about a lot of, you know, pro clubs now are like looking at lads from like seven, six, five, and it's getting younger and younger. Yeah. But something where you can maybe utilise the sort of resources that you have, like say a little bit of a heavy, heavy ball, smaller ball, are, are academies using futsal within the development of the younger age groups? Yeah, I think that Premier League took a decision probably about six or seven years ago now to bring futsal into their kind of winter programme. Uh, so typically when the academies have a bit of a shutdown period, uh, Premier League have said, look, we'd like uh, all of the academy age groups from the younger ages certainly to have a go at futsal. So they have a kind of like a regional competition uh, that will go into a national finals uh, they've even, I think, previously brought over some uh, international teams to play in those tournaments as well. So Premier League see it as part of their games programme. Uh, now, how much futsal do teams, Premier League academies do around that? OK, it's hard to probably measure that. Um, they certainly would do some preparation before that tournament. Um, but I think what you're starting to see now is that, uh, yeah, more coaches are starting to go, OK, we're, we're prepared to kind of look at futsal. Um I think on coaching qualifications now, yes, you've got a coaching pathway for futsal uh, with the FA from a level one through to a UA for B. One of the areas I think on uh, coach education is the Advanced Youth Award. Uh, there's okay. certainly in that incorporated within that now, which is, again, a lot of heads of academies, academy coaches taking that qualification. There is a day of futsal on that. Um, I remember being at St George's Park where the England under-23s futsal team played against Bournemouth, I think, under 21s mm-hmm. uh, so they had a game there okay. so I think that's a good example of where you know both from the Premier League side but then individual clubs are starting to say okay well look, there could be something in here uh, we could you know change our program up whereby there is a little bit of futsal uh, okay we're not you know expecting to take these boys to a, an advanced level of futsal but we're going to give them a game we're going to mm-hmm. give it as maybe a diversionary activity away from all of their football coaching that they're doing try something different because mm-hmm. The likelihood is uh, within these Premier League academies and Championship academies, there's probably players that have arrived here that have played futsal as a young player. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. they're getting exposed. And I think look, if you're looking uh, now, you know the, the modern day football needs to be technically competent. So 
why wouldn't they take a look at this game that might help in that development really uh, within their football so I think we will probably see more and more of it out mm-hmm. um, but again it's still down to convincing the uh, heads of academy the coaches in there that, that football could be part of the educational part of their tactical programme yeah. part of their technical programme yeah. and that will happen, happen in time but yeah, yeah. I think there's examples where we're starting to see a lot more interest and intrigue about what yeah. it can do so I, think, I think again just, just going back into my generations it, it wasn't uncommon to play on absolute garbage pitches and, and as we've evolved side the player starts evolving and one thing a, a coach I used to work with like in my youth used to say to me he said it's very important to have happy feet and I think the role of futsal is like this is where it can really improve an, a, a te- someone's technical ability to manipulate the ball to yeah. work little angles to get past people yeah. quickly yeah. so I, I think I think it, for any young player engaging with quite early it's to it's just a win-win situation I think it just presents more opportunities of what can that player do when he's put under pressure now how can he keep the ball keep the ball keep the ball keep possession Uh, but also now okay uh, we're you know some certain clubs are encouraging players to be more dynamic to be a bit more 1v1 okay go and take him on dribble (laughs) you know we all saw Phil Foden uh, England under 21s the other night Look at what he done, dribbled. Yeah, you know, yeah, he went there, he had yeah. that technical competency to run with the ball and, and finish, and that, that was encouraged. Yeah. Whereas, go back a few years, it was yeah. like, got to pass it, yeah. release it, get rid of it. So, sure. lots of philosophies are changing now around mod- how modern football uh, should be approached. But I think futsal just programs that ability to be competent with the ball, uh, yeah. to be a technician, to sure. master the ball. And, and these are all things which are going to help your game no matter what level you're going to be at, sure. whether that's a grassroots player, you know, academy player, or just a social player. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that futsal's the answer to everything. Yeah. It's just got to be a component, I think. Sure, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. We've just got to look at reference back to those uh, footballing nations that have had it as part of their programmes. You know, Brazil, Argentina, South American teams, the Spanish, uh, a lot of the Eastern European teams, and also now uh, Asian teams. It's all in their master plans for football development. Um, and I think now in Europe in particular, um, and UEFA's approach to getting more competitions out there, they want to take it to a higher level. Um, so bringing you know, the likes of France and their development programmes for futsal, they're now starting to show that on the international stage. They really value futsal. Germany, you know, bringing futsal into their programme, got a national team now. So England's got to be a part of that because it's it's not going to disappear from the landscape. Um, so, yeah, we're in an exciting time in terms of where the sport can go in the next five or ten years, I think. That's when it can have a real impact. Okay. So what, what I'm going to do, just, I'm just going to flip away from kind of the sort of the organisation of the game and sort of the development of the game and, and let, let's just nudge into like... Are they, are there any are there any like coaching opportunities in futsal just to sort of cover like I work with quite a lot of university students and I'm sure some of them get involved on the playing side, but as we know football is quite broad and there's lots of opportunities around the game now. So is is there any is there any coaching sort of award side that futsal follows? Is there, is there any way you can get involved with that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a the FA have a coaching pathway now, uh, and I think those courses are, are really starting to grow, show popularity. Uh, so you have a level one. Uh, futsal which is similar to your level one football um, level two and then you go to a UA for B uh, I think the FA is starting to explore potentially around what a UA for A licensed futsal will look like um, so yeah definitely uh, a strand there within the FA's coaching program um, also you know if coaches want to go outside of England obviously you know there's other federations that have different levels of specialism within futsal as well um, within the university sector that you mentioned that there's a vibrant uh futsal community in terms of university clubs that are set up there so I think students that are studying sports degrees you know could definitely get some exposure to coaching futsal at that age um, but also yeah there's a network of club futsal clubs now uh, not just us, ourselves in Manchester Greater Manchester across the country um, you know so getting the opportunity to coach experience futsal now is, is definitely an option if people want to become a specialist futsal coach, well, that, that's a great niche there, I think. Um, we need more and more specialist coaches to take the game on, but also influence the football coaches. So, yeah, I think I think that's only going to grow with more opportunities within the game as the sport evolves, really. Are. OK, great stuff, Sally. So, last couple of questions for you, Sally. i uh, just like to ask you, first of all, about what you feel is going to come next in futsal and what would you like to see in, in relation to, to futsal development? I think what I'd like to see, start with that one first, is obviously, you know, that the game can increase in popularity. So obviously more people playing. Um, 
a little bit more recognition for its its value, which is what we've touched on a lot yeah, here sure, today in this sure. interview. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, the, the professionalisation of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been working hard at Manchester to, you know, develop a kind of culture for futsal in Manchester, get more people playing. But obviously, you know, we're ambitious about wanting to get to that elite level, mm-hmm. uh, play in the top competitions, uh, you know, represent Manchester in the best possible way so we can be a successful club. So... I'd like to see us progress that journey a little bit further and uh, get more partners and stakeholders on board to support what we're doing. Um, hopefully, I'd say on the, on the bigger picture stuff, look, um, you know, we want the FA to develop and nurture Futsal going forward. I think they've got a, a national strategy now for the next uh, six years, uh, bigger plans around the England Performance Programme and getting more elite level players to come into that and obviously hopefully move England up the rankings. Um, and I think, you know, that they've got to be the aspirational stuff of what we've got to achieve. Um, we're still a small community. We're still influencing. We're still knocking on various doors to get people on board with us. But, uh, you know, certainly on a local level in Manchester, we're, we're determined to keep bringing people with us, really. And I think we're doing a fairly good job of getting people to take notice um, in all different areas of the game. Uh, and that, that's good to see, you know, uh, five or ten years ago. It was really hard to have a conversation about futsal because straight away people go, what is it? Yeah. Uh, and, and you start that education thing again. But, you know, uh, you've got to be persistent, Al. And yeah, that, yeah. that's what we, all the people we've got at the club and who we're working with, we're mm. passionate about the sport. Sure, yeah, uh, absolutely. So we, we've overcome quite a few challenges and, and we hope, yeah, that the coming years is going to see the sport flourish, see the club flourish, see Manchester continue to be seen as uh, an area where futsal development is done really well yeah, yeah. and continue that journey, really. Yeah. It'd be nice to see. So I mean, I'm I'm sort of quite inexperienced, you know, in in relation to you in, in this kind of sort of area of of the game. And it's almost like do do, do other countries have more exposure? Have, have they managed to hook some sort of TV coverage in there, or is that something that would be really useful? Maybe they get Sky Sports involved or involved or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think look, everyone will always sort of say, look, oh, it's got to be on TV. It's got to be broadcast. It's got to have more media around it to be popular and and to go to that next level. Well, look. I think, you know, we're still a little way off in terms of getting that right. And I think the FA are conscious of what Futsal looks like, what does the product look like, is it ready for TV? These are all things we've got to figure out. Uh, Other sports have, you know, had those challenges, other indoor sports, basketball, netball, they're all starting to get their opportunity now. I think Futsal will be next. you know, certainly if you take examples from Spain, you know, they've had challenges to get that on mainstream TV or to get secure, uh, you know, broadcast contracts. Um, I'd say pretty much a lot of um, the futsal community is online. Uh, lots of games are streamed. So obviously that marketplace in terms of getting, uh, you know, cost effective methods to broadcast futsal, which is something we need to look at really, because obviously you need a lot of commercial backing and revenue sponsors to come in in order to pay for TV uh, and for it to be uh, generate the audience numbers that they want. But, you know, it's possible, Al. Uh, you know, it's, I think we, we can all see the opportunities it could bring. Maybe you're going to need to uh, hook in the football community as well in order to get behind and see that, that they can both support their football team but also their futsal team. Um, Barcelona do that pretty well in terms of having a range of sports under one brand. Um, I'm not sure that's really been achieved in England yet, but possibly um, because it's all about fan base. It's all about uh, getting that wider global recognition now. So maybe futsal would become part of the football landscape or club landscape in that sense. So, yeah, it it can go a number of ways out. But I think the good thing is that, you know, the FA are backing it, UEFA are backing it, you know, FIFA have the Futsal World Cup, all the competitions that you want there to get high-level buy-in on the competition, not just in Manchester, but around the world. Uh, that is exciting, I think. And hopefully, as I say, more competitions, higher-level stuff will start to evolve, uh, which people can then you know, look at. They can experience yeah. the sport that way as a spectator, as a viewer, um, and, and that will help to generate a bit more purpose behind the sport in the coming years. Okay, so last question for you. Uh, can you give us... A final piece of advice for, for anybody who'd like to, to maybe explore a bit further futsal and, and uh, alongside with that side, can you give us like any contacts or is there any website links that some of the listeners can maybe jump to in relation to sort of checking the game out a little bit more? Sure. So for those people that you know, are engaged in football or futsal or other areas of the game, you know, certainly uh, on a local level, Manchester FA now uh, doing a lot more to kind of provide opportunities in school, across colleges, university sector, 
Uh, you know, we had a community futsal day, which Manchester FA were helping to drive. So, yeah, certainly uh, on a local level, we, we can get some information out for people to access it and the coaching courses as well. Manchesterfutsal.com is what we are in terms of uh, the club and, and all of our opportunities across the game for our youth programmes, our girls programmes and obviously the men's programmes that we run. Um, we run some uh, local competitions and there's a number of different grassroots futsal leagues, uh, certainly in Greater Manchester, for, for kids to, to join and get involved with. Um, and also, as I say, you know, the FA uh, and the England programmes there, information about England Futsal Internationals, um, all of their events that are running. Um, yeah, they're always available and, and uh, you know, people can get behind the sport that way. Okay. Just like to say thanks so much, Sai, for coming on for the to the first part of my podcast. Uh, what one thing I've always admired you. I've, I've known you a number of years yeah, in in different in different ways, like obviously through ex teaching jobs and something uh, and things like that. And one thing I've always found about you is you're so passionate about what you do. And that again, that a lot of the people that I've had on the podcast in the past, it, it's always this love and passion that shine through. I've had like football agents, journalists, ex players, sports psychologists, and it's always a love and that and that comes across, Sai. Uh, really, really well at in within yourself. So thank you so much. Appreciate that, Al. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, mate. Okay, I'd just like to say hello now to the the second uh, guest on my on my podcast today, and that's uh, Leanne Scarrett. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So first of all, Leanne, um, I think you were talking before. One thing that really appealed for me is is that you had you tell me you have like a bit of a United flavour in your background. Can you just give us a little bit of an update on on, on that? Yeah, so um, I come from a big United family, really. Um, my my whole family are United fans, on particularly on my dad's side. Um, and my dad came through the youth system at United, so he played for for them from being I think eleven to sixteen. Um, and my dad's cousin Mike Scarrett were also played, um, came through the system and ended up playing for the reserves. Unfortunately, ended up getting a cruciate ligament injury, which you know back back in those days, sort of in the um, yeah. in the earlier days football, you know that was a sort of that was a career ending injury. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, like I've been around football ever since I was born. Um, yeah. my dad basically as soon as soon as I could walk, bought me some goals. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> in the garden. Lovely, lovely. So, uh, so yeah, like I've been. I was sort of indoctrinated very early into both, you know, yeah. Manchester United and, yeah. and playing football. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've been playing since I was three. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of when I was old enough to join a team, when I was five, uh, my dad took me down to um, Medlock Juniors. So I played, uh, played for a boys team for okay. a few years because back then, um, in the early 90s, there weren't many... Yeah. There were a couple of girls leagues, but they weren't they weren't really popular yeah. like like it is now. Sure. Um. So I ended up playing. I ended up playing boys football for two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that was sort of how I initially got into football. Okay. Um. And I, I, after that, started playing junior football. Um. For a girls team, um. And then, sort of, de- started to think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm good at this. Yeah, you know, great. this, this yeah. could actually go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So. After that, I got picked up by Stockport County Centre of Excellence, which is now uh, morphed into the Manchester United uh, Regional Talent Centre. Okay. So back back then we had the Centre of Excellences. Um, so yeah, I was playing for Stockport County. Um, things were going really, really well. I was way above where everyone else in my age group was. Um, even got picked to like go to national tournaments with, with the older age groups at Stockport County, played against Arsenal, Everton, um, and at 14, so in 2005, I was struck down with an illness, so I woke up one morning, it was literally an overnight thing, just feeling very, very fatigued and not myself, so I just assumed that I had a cold or the flu. Um, anyway, this this went on and on, and the doctor said, you know, you will recover, you know, it'll take time, it's, it's a virus, um, and it was mentioned that I'd had glandular fever and they were saying, you know, you'll keep, just, just be patient, 18 months a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically I never recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was diagnosed as ME, chronic fatigue okay. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by this point I was still struggling through playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still playing um, for the Centre of Excellence and I was, I'd just been signed by Curzon Ashton, who at the time 
were playing in the women's Premier League. So I was I was playing at the top level of women's football back then uh, through illness, mm-hmm. um, but it was a struggle. So, yeah. um, it, I played played for three seasons um, in the women's Premier League, and ended up being um being too ill to, mm. to carry on ah, such a shame such a shame um so yeah so i ended up having to take six six years um out of football um which derailed um you know dreams that i had of playing yeah, for england because yeah. yeah, um, yeah, at the yeah. time i was 18 when when i stopped when i stopped playing um so i I was looking for a way, sort of six years. I'd done my degree, I'd been to university and managed to, to get through that. Um, but I was still always looking for a way to get back into the game. Um, and just by chance, really, um, I had a friend who was playing for, he'd started playing for Manchester Futsal uh, men's team. Okay. Um, and I was, I, I'd heard of Futsal before, but I, I, I'd never fully, never fully registered for me. And when he started playing for, for the men's team, he asked. He said to me, "Like, come along and you know, see a see a training session and see how yeah. it's how it all goes." Um. So yeah, I went down and watched, and I was like, "This is brilliant," because I'd always been a very technical player. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, I mm-hmm. I, I watched futsal and thought yeah. this is for me. So it's it's amazing, and sometimes like from disappointments or real downs in in your life that something else like opens for you and. It sounds as though like that sort of like through, through the sadness of losing kind of something that you know like as we know girls football is absolutely booming at the moment. Yeah. So sadly losing that kind of direction then opened up another little window or a door for you to maybe try try something else. So so what what sort of age were you, Liam, when you got into futsal? How did how did that start? Did you did you start training first and then sort of got got involved with it sort of slowly as it were? So I was actually twenty three by the time um I discovered futsal and um I'd gone down to the main men's training session, um I got introduced to Simon the chairman, sure, um and he, I asked him I said like is there anything for women because this is this is brilliant and he said, actually at the moment there isn't like we we've, we've wanted to set something up for for girls and women for a while but we just haven't had anybody to sort of take that on so I kind of thought well having the strong football background that I did and the contacts, you know, playing through playing in the Premier League, um, through with players and clubs, I thought, you know, there's a real chance if we set up some taster sessions that I could attract we could attract some players and they can come and have a go and see, you know, and also, you know, I can play as well myself. So it's you know, it was a bit of a, <laughs> a selfish motive as well because oh. I, I saw the game and I thought, you know, yeah. I need a, a yeah. way for me to be able to be involved in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was 2013 um, that we set up the to taste the sessions for women with Manchester Futsal Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it took off straight away. Yeah, like good interest and like plenty coming down. and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was surprising. We had 14 at the first session mm. um, and considering that, Futsal wasn't even a thing for women back in Manchester, yeah. you know, across the country. Really, there was a few teams and local leagues here and there, but it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like it is now, even five years on. Um, so yeah, we we set those taster sessions up, managed to get more and more women down, and by the that was in the November of twenty thirteen. So by the January of twenty fourteen, we actually had, um. And we had eight teams come forward who wanted to join uh, like a local a local league. So we set up a, a little futsal fives league in Manchester and we had a little competition running sort of only in two months. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shows the demand, the demand for futsal is there in women's, in the women's yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So you're a pioneer, aren't you really? Like sort of like starting <laughs> that off and, and growing it and getting it better. So... So I'll ask you the same question that I asked Simon before, Leanne, and just sort of get it, get your take on it as like a player. Yeah. What What makes a good futsal player? Do you think? Um, I think, I think intelligence. Um, I think you have to be able to play. You have to be able to play under pressure in tight spaces. Um, a lot of centre midfielders in football, they say, make good futsal players. Sure, yeah. Um because you have to be able to see the whole court, the whole picture. Um, and yeah, like just yeah, being smart for me is like the the cornerstone of being being a good futsal yeah. player. So I die obviously developing like your thinking skills, like quick thinking skills and 
yeah yeah like every, everything moves faster in futsal sure. um like for me making the transition from football to futsal was um it was a shock at first yeah, yeah. because even though I'd grown up playing with boys on the street and I was used to playing in tight confined spaces when you've gotten used to playing on a huge pitch where you know there's there's acres and acres of space like you when you start playing futsal you look back and you think wow like I feel like I had years on the ball <laughs> yeah, excellent so what uh, how long at the moment, Leanne, is like a typical season that you play? Do you, do you, do you get plenty of games in? Uh, how many games approximately do, do you sort of play in a in a typical futsal duration or, or season? So um, for us with the women's team, we, we're now playing in a national league, um, which is great. That's materialised over the past two or three seasons. Um, but we it's regionalised, so there's there's six teams in the north sort of six seven in the midlands um and similar in the south um so we don't play too many games a season we actually only play every other week at the moment to sort of spread those fixtures out but the season runs from um october to may Mm -hmm. so you know mirroring the the football season Yeah, yeah um but yeah, like ideally, we like in women's futsal, we would have more teams and more games, but obviously, yeah. it's in its infancy, sure. it's growing, so that's where we're sort of we're at a starting point at the moment with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's great that we've got a competition like a national yeah. competition finally that the yeah. FA are, yeah. are running. So within within your your sort of season, Leanne, as well, is it is it similar to kind of the other forms of football where like you get some cup competitions and stuff like that? Do you get the opportunity to to take part in that, or is that something that maybe can can be looked at in the future? Yeah. So luckily, as well for us, alongside the league, because there's maybe there's maybe ten fixtures that we play a season in in the North League. Uh, we've met, we've we have the FA Futsal Cup as well. Um, so you know the the futsal equivalent of the FA Cup in football, so that also provides another competition, um, which we we played in this this season and we actually won, which was brilliant, um, alongside our league win. So so yeah, like the more competitions, the better because there are so few teams at the moment at the top of women's futsal in in mm-hmm. England. Mm-hmm. Is it, is there opportunities at the moment? Obviously, it's dependent on the sort of the financial situation. But have you had any opportunities to go like into other countries and play like with with Manchester Futsal yet, or is it is that something you're looking to to maybe do in the future? So yeah, we we've actually played um, in t- two thousand seventeen. We played a tournament in Amsterdam, which was brilliant because we got to play teams from Belgium, from mm. Germany, from Holland, um, and those those countries, particularly Belgium and Germany. Um, they've got some really strong teams. Holland as well. Holland, the Dutch have been playing futsal longer than we have. Um, so yeah, it was it was a, that was a great experience. And then, um, last year twenty eighteen, we went to Poznan in Poland. Okay. And futsal's quite big in Eastern Europe now, yeah, and yeah. particularly uh, women's futsal is really is really big in Eastern Europe. It tends to be bigger than the eleven aside game for women in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was another great experience. We played a couple of really, really strong Polish teams over there. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been great. Like the more we can sort of travel across Europe to countries where the women's game has been there longer mm-hmm. and there's more experience, um, yeah, yeah. is, you know, the more of that we can do, the better. Yeah. So how, how do the, how do the sort of the, the age ranges work, Leanne? Is it kind of, do you like have under 18s, under 23s, open age, or is it sort of a, you, you go straight into sort of like a mix of it all, like you can play open age, etc. or how, how does the sort of the age groups work in futsal, like for the women's futsal? So yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same as football. So okay. um, at the moment we're developing our girls' side of the club, um, as well as obviously we've we've set up the women's. That's been going running five years now, but really only this season we've start we've set up a girls' wildcat centre. So um, we've got um, under eights to under twelves running at the moment for girls. Um, so yeah, it works the same as 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 football. It, sort of goes up to under 16s and then you've got open open age after that okay brilliant brilliant so what i'd like to do later now is just sort of just take you back into like um last season and and just give us a little bit of an insight into uh this particularly good season that 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 you had so like can you can you just give us like your your highlights of that for me like what what happened how did it play out yeah yeah so last season was 
the best season that we've had yet. Uh, we ended up winning the national double, so we won the the national foot FA national futsal league and the FA futsal cup as well. Um, which to be honest, like we were we were considered underdogs really, okay. and like I don't think anyone really would have really expected us to win both of those competitions at the, the beginning of the season. Um, we actually started off with a bit rocky. We lost our first two games of the season. Um, we had Sergi Saldana come in, who's the co the men's first team coach as well. He took over the women's team as well. Um, he implemented a lot of new tactical stuff and a lot of new futsal concepts that were really new to us because the whole like the whole of our team have come from football and mm. quite late as well. Sure, yeah. Um, so he's come from he's been coaching in Barcelona as UEFA pro coach. Mm. So he's come in and he's really introduced us to a lot of new things that have taken quite a lot of time to implement mm -hmm. throughout the whole season and it was really only I'd say the finals and the semi the league semi-final playoffs that we it really clicked you know you get to that point like a new coach comes in and it can take a full season to implement their methods and it really only really only clicked at the end uh, so we ended up getting through to we beat Peterborough in the, the national semi-final playoff because um, we finished second in the North League which meant that we qualified for for the semis and then we we played London Helvetia in the league final and they'd won they'd won it last season um they've been saw winning everything recently so we were, we were underdogs mm. but we we ended up winning that uh 5-0 wow <laughs> so yeah quite quite a convincing win yeah, yeah um so yeah we we won the league and then on the same weekend we had the FA futsal cup semi final uh in which we played Helvetia again mm -hmm. um couple of days later so again we ended up winning that 4-0 so you know nobody would have expected that mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of the season so we've won that quite convincingly as well and then in in the final of the FA Futsal Cup we beat um, London United um, we we won that game 4-0 uh, as well so yeah like pretty convincing yeah convincing victories there and we we swept we swept the the lot fantastic so what was it like i'm, I'm gonna sort of like sort of try and pinpoint you, you mentioned before about you know your coach who came in he was like a sort of a you know like a quite a reputable coach in futsal what what do you think was the key area that he brought to like get you over the line in that in that final and that lead what what was kind of what was he doing different with you um, so from the beginning of the season when he when he first came into the women's team he he laid out he laid out a a plan of what you know how he wanted us to play um pretty early on which was very different than anything we we'd ever learned in the past um just a lot of new concepts a lot more tactical we we'd always kind of played off instinct a okay. little bit uh, mm -hmm. up until that point and that no longer you know, flu anymore, especially yeah. <laughs> coming coming from a guy, you know, a coach who's come from Barcelona and he's been in or in around, um, coaching methods over there, which are very closely, which very closely resemble for me a lot of the stuff that the FC Barcelona do with La Masia. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. it's all it's all you know very, very tactical. So so yeah, Sergi came in and introduced um, a lot of new concepts which took. It took more than half the season for for those to to translate really um there was a lot of frustration early on especially for for us as players because and it, it, for Sergi you know it he had to have a lot of patience with us and we had to have a lot of patience with his methods so it was that two way process sure yeah um, yeah that ended up being successful for us in the end yeah yeah. Yeah, great stuff. So can I, can I just take you back briefly to like the sort of provision for women's futsal at the moment? You know, you mentioned that the the sort of the primary driver, as it were, like obviously speaking to Sai in the first part of the podcast was like the man, obviously the Manchester FA. Is are, are there any other like provision for like girls futsal or futsal like like for for younger age groups aside from from Manchester FA that they can maybe get involved with? Uh, yeah. So we've. Well, as as I mentioned before, we've just set up a girls' um wildcat centre SSE uh, wildcat. So it's a, a provision that the FA have got to get more girls involved in, in football in general. 
Um, so yeah, we just set up one of those for futsal um, in the area. I think it's one of only two um, in the Manchester area that are specifically for futsal. Um, so there's that. Um, we There's also um, the Inspired Futsal League in Tameside and the Manchester Futsal Youth Leagues, uh, which our mutual friend Russell Fryer is heading up in the Tameside area. <laughs> there you go, Russell. I told you we get a mention and yeah, somewhere yeah. on the line. But no, he's a, he's a good guy, Russ, isn't he? He's a, he's a top lad. And like, again, like Si and yourself, I'm very passionate about what you what you do. So it's good to, good to get, give Russ a mention. Yeah, yeah. So there's more and more provision popping up now, um, sort of even outside of what the FA are running. I think futsal is is the fastest growing indoor sport mm-hmm. in, in the country and and that especially is really showing in Manchester. I feel as though, you know, we've always been a huge football city and yeah. you know, why why can't we be a huge futsal city as well? So Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a good time to be involved. Do, do, do you think do you think that'll ever happen, Leanne, like in relation to sort of futsal? Like, you know, you obviously you, you mentioned before about the Barcelona situation. Mm. Will we ever see a Man United futsal team? Will we ever see a Man City futsal team, an Arsenal or Tottenham, etc. etc.? Do, do you think that'll ever happen? I don't know. It's it's a different it's a different culture. I think like clubs a lot of the time in Spain seem to be multi sports clubs. You know, like you have yeah. Barcelona. They've got a myriad of different sports going on. Professional teams, uh, Real Madrid basketball team. Um, I would love I would love for it to happen. You know, I would love for there to be a Manchester United futsal team or a Manchester City futsal team. Um, I don't know if there is the hunger for that. Um. Maybe they will be in the future. I think the most likely club I would expect would probably be City with mm. their owners and sure, coming yeah. from Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it would be hugely beneficial for futsal in this country, the development of the game. Mm. Um, if professional football clubs do get involved, I think it would really, it would really boost it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Leon. So, what what would you what would you say is like? I'm gonna ask you sort of two sides to this. What what would you say is the strongest part of your of your game, and what would you say like you feel as or like something that you maybe need to still work on or are working on at the moment? So for me, I feel the strongest part of my game is my uh, my ability to read the game and my passing ability. Um, yeah, my, like my I feel as though my technical ability enables me to. Uh, play under pressure, play in tight situations, manipulate my way out of that. Um, that's always been something that has, I've developed. I think since playing with boys on on the street. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like I don't, you know, it's you don't see as many kids playing on the street with jumpers for goalposts no, these days. And uh, I I grew up with that, and yeah. I feel as though that has helped, my help my futsal definitely. Uh, I feel the side of my game which I need to work on is my defensive side because I, when I was playing football for all those years, I was always a striker. Um, whereas in futsal, you very quickly learn that even if you are playing as a, a top player, you're always a defender as well. <laughs> yeah. um, the amount of transitioning that goes on in futsal is is a shock when you first trans you know you first made the change from futsal uh, from football yeah so um yeah i'd say my the defensive defensive positioning um that side of my game will always i think be some be an area that i i need to work on just sort of taking your your kind of the futsal and and your and your personal self forward like what 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 would be your personal aims like for the future what what are you what are you aspiring uh, to Leanne and what 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 you're striving towards um i think i would love to you know play at the top level with manchester as long as possible and hopefully carrying on winning leagues and winning you know cup competitions um at my age i'm 29 now so you start thinking about like where can i go next what can i do um and yeah, it would be fantastic if someday in the near future there's an England women's futsal team. You know that, I think that is in the plans. It's in the the FA have said that they want. I think within the next six years they want to have um, a national team, England women's futsal. So um, that would obviously be the the ultimate aim. Um, and it would be great if I could even get spend one or two seasons in a country like Spain mm-hmm. or Portugal and play out there and mm-hmm. le- and just carry on learning because there's so much to learn about futsal. 
um i found that there's like tactically there's things about the game that that they they're just so hard to learn and they're yeah, so yeah. they're so difficult to implement and for me the part of the joy of being involved with futsal is the amount that i can still learn even at my age like there's a lot still to yeah to take in yeah so you you mentioned there that i've done quite a lot of work myself on this about you know like call it like transitions of players so have you have you started doing any like coaching awards in futsal yet and is is that something that you may be looking to get to the top of the ladder so obviously you've had some some really fantastic playing experience and then like passing your knowledge on then to the younger generations is it would that some would that be something that you're interested in in pursuing yeah definitely so i've started to do my my coach my coaching qualifications i've got my fa level one fa level two um, I hope to do my UEFA B um, in the new, near future. Um, we just set up the girls' stuff with the Wildcat Centre, so I'm getting more coaching experience uh, through that. Um, I'm also being mentored by Sergi, uh, mm-hmm. our coach, so I'm I'm learning hell of a lot from yeah. him just from you know being involved in his sessions um, and speaking with him a lot about the game. Um, so, yeah, I would love to inspire the next generation. I would love to see futsal for girls as big as it yeah. is um in south america in southern europe uh that that would be the ultimate goal like have loads of young female players playing futsal yeah because as we were saying uh, to simon before leon that it's a good grounding isn't it to get your sort of technical skills and you know if you can work on that at a reasonable or a, a younger in a younger age um, it certainly gives you something to build on then, like as you progress in your footballing or where, wherever you take that. That's yeah. that's one thing that, not not just not just sort of in the women's game, but in in the in the male game as well. We've always been seen to be criticised for like lack of technical players. So if there's something that we can maybe get in there to help develop that, I think yeah. it's just like a, it'd be like a, a winning situation all around. So. Yeah. So, last couple of questions for you, Leah. I'd just like you to to sort of ask you now about: Have you got any advice to anybody um, who would like to get involved? What What do they need to do? Do they need to email somebody, or can they check any anything out on online or on a website, like to get involved with like Wildcats or anything like that? Or, um, yeah. So, I would say for anyone out there wanting to in the sort of Greater Manchester area wanting to get involved um, with futsal is to contact Manchester Futsal Club so you can find the contacts uh, on our website manchesterfutsal.com um, and my contacts on there leanne at manchesterfutsal.com uh, sorry leanne.scarra at manchesterfutsal.com um, so yeah just just get in touch drop us a line and we now will we'll fit you in somewhere like we have provision from under under eights, under nines, all the way through to open age now for for both uh, boys and girls, men and women. So th- there's a lot of opportunities there for people to get involved if futsal is something that they wanna they wanna have a go at. So do do you, do you do you sort of run your sessions like out of the Manchester Velodrome? Is it or is it is it like sort of like do you have other other sort of um, environments or sports centres that you typically? do your coaching in and, and your sessions so as a club we're kind of spread over three or four venues really okay. we sort of <clears throat> we run the, the girls stuff out of platte lane sports okay Complex, yeah yeah um and the women's stuff is run out of bellevue uh, leisure center right uh, and then the boys some of the boys leagues are run out of uh, power league okay. trafford um and then obviously there's the men's stuff with the velodrome so yeah we, we sort of spread across four venues as a club but they're all sort of in the the vicinity sort of quite close to central manchester apart from the apart from power league so so yeah we're um i think one day you know the goal for us as a club would be to have our own venue you know that's the that's the dream like one venue we can bring everyone uh bring all everything we do as a club all the provision into one place but yeah like that's as I speak with Simon about this all the time. That's obviously a dream we've got as a club for yeah. the future to yeah. have a big futsal hub. Yeah. So final question. Obviously, the girls are doing brilliantly in the in the World Cup at the moment. Yep. Um, is is there anything that you'd like to see in the future? Or is is there anything from a girls' futsal perspective? Can, can they can they ever get to like them entering a World Cup or and playing against like other nations and teams? I mean, like this is this is the dream, yeah. you know. This is 
why I think we're, we're all involved in futsal and we want to see the game push forward, we want to see it progress. And with the FA's plan within the six, next six seasons that they've implemented to have an England women's uh, national futsal yeah, team, yeah. I think that provides a pathway for young girls that, you know, it was never been there before. And I think that will attract a lot more girls to the game as well because, you know, there's a lot of girls who play for United City who... I think if we're being realistic, just like the the men's game, the boys' game, probably one one or two percent uh, are gonna sure, are gonna yeah. really you know play yeah, in the, the Super League. Yeah. So there's talented players who might be really really suited to futsal, who are falling through the cracks at the moment. So, I think if we've got that that option there, you know that pathway to play for an England women's futsal team, then I think we will see a lot more girls, sort of taking that taking that pathway and taking that option thank you so much for coming on to the i can't explain podcast liana absolutely inspirational uh story that you've given us there through your your journey and and kind of you know your your, your almost like your real your difficult times and you, you've managed to to sort of you know bounce back from that and sort of create and carve yourself a another journey which is uh, you know very inspirational from from my perspective so yep. so thank you so much for for coming on and, and chatting to us about about women's football futsal in, in manchester thanks alan cheers